Hello, I'm Colin Green, and you are listening to Spike Pit. So, it's episode 59. I've got an interview for you with John Large from Red Dice Diaries. He's a fellow OSR anchorite. He's been doing YouTube videos, reviews, actual plays, and all sorts of stuff for getting on for 10 years. And I thought my listeners would enjoy hearing about some of his experiences and some of the techniques he uses in producing his content. So without any further ado, let's have uh, a listen to episode one of Red Spike Diaries. Talking about podcasts, I thought it'd be good to get in touch with you, A, because, you know, we're we're fellow countrymen and one thing and another, Mm -hmm. and... um, I'd always been interested in in your backstory, having like looked at um, your Red Dice Diary stuff on on YouTube. So, f- from my end, I just got in basically from listening to Hobbs and Friends at the OSR, listening to Jason, and he mentioned it about this thing called Anchor. For me, discovering Anchor, the platform just smoothed out all those bumps and allowed me just to sail in. Mm-hmm. Listening to other anchorites and stuff, it seems like that's maybe quite a common experience, but you've obviously come into it from proper technical approach. You've been doing it for, well, I don't know how long, but some a good deal of time. You know, Could you speak perhaps about how you got into the podcasting and the, and the multimedia? And Yeah, I mean... Um... When I very first sort of started putting stuff on like online, as it were, it was just a very simple blog, and I was running a, I was running one of the the fantasy flight like Warhammer 40k like role play games, uh, Rogue Trader, I think it was, mm-hmm. at the time for like a, a local group where I live, and because I've got a terrible memory, I, I was like, oh, what what I'm going to do is I'm going to write up like a very simple sort of like synopsis of each session. So at the time, I just started up like a simple sort of like blogger blog, and yep. all it was was just like session one, session two, session three, bullet points, there we go. And um, so I started doing that, started finding that a bit useful. Then, as is so often the way, sort of like real life in- intervened and the group sort of like drifted away and sort of split up. And I was like, oh, right, okay, um, not really many other people in my area that I can actually game with. Um, I-, I don't really have the time to be like travelling around everywhere and doing stuff like that. So... I was like, all right, I'll have a. I've already sort of semi-invested in being online. I'll have a look around, and see what I can find. Obviously, I was on Facebook and stuff like that, and um, I came across a, a Facebook group called the RPG Brigade, which was just like a load of people into RPGs talking about RPGs, and a few of them were like making YouTube videos. I, I sort of got into that and sort of came in, you know, like cap in hand, like um, not really sure what I'm doing, but you know, watched a few of your YouTube videos, quite interesting. There was a there was a great guy on there called Tim Harper who was like really supportive and was like he doesn't do so family and stuff he doesn't do so much YouTube stuff now but back then he was putting out a lot of YouTube videos uh, and the fact that he sort of took the time and went oh you know you don't need to to do anything like mammoth or like massively original with like a YouTube channel just like record some stuff put it out there and people will respond to it okay so with that encouragement I sort of got into doing that did a few YouTube videos and I started developing from there. And that led to me like jumping into a few sort of one-shot games that people were running online. 
and, yeah. and I played in a few games, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool, you know. It's, it's, I've got the computer, it's, it's all working. I sort of gradually upgraded my hardware as I've gone along, but I've still got nothing spectacular. I've just got like a, a mic, uh, a webcam. I mean, my computer's like donkey's years old. Okay. So I played in a few games, went, oh, this is really good, this is really cool. Um, but previously, I'd always been sort of like the guy who was like the GM because I was like the one with the books. That, yeah, that, that, that was just, I'm, I'm sure you know, like back in the day, that was just how it worked. You had the books, you were the GM. Boom. Yeah, and, we, and funnily enough, we used to, everybody would have a different system when we was kids. Like, so-and-so would get that for Christmas. Yeah. And then that would become his, and it was like dibs dibs on that. No one else would then touch it. But funnily, funnily enough, D&D was always left alone, and everybody could pitch in with that. But yeah. if you went and got the Judge Dredd RPG, it was an unwritten rule that no one else would muscle in on it because yeah. then they'd be able to see all the stuff in the gm's book because you know there's normally two books yeah that's it <laughs> yeah, so i mean that's like so I, I, the gm sorry yeah. yeah no no absolutely fine i i i also went oh do you know what I, after i got a bit of confidence i was like right i'm gonna try and jam a game so i did a couple of shorts of like one-off games i didn't record and then i was like all right i, I stumbled across some actual plays and i was like oh people people are like recording their game sessions well i'm already set up to like do this youtube stuff that i've been doing mm -hmm. and i was like oh instead of me like having to like sweat writing down these session recaps i'll just record them and i was like well it's mainly for my benefit to like help my memory if no one listens to them not bothered I, I'm, I'm running the games anyway so what have i lost nothing so Nothing at all. I, I started recording them. Most of most people were like very supportive um, when I was starting out with that, and that led to me expanding the blog and like doing other stuff, like posting about like games I'd run and stuff like that, and gradually sort of expanded from there. I've tried like a few other things as I've been going along, and then as you said recently, when sort of Anchor popped up, at around about the same time, I was really starting to sort of like get into like the OSR gaming. So like coming back to it, looking at it with like new eyes, as as we've said, I sort of noticed a few people like yourself popping up with like the the anchor and the OSR podcasts, and I was mm -hmm. like, all right, I, I like the sound of that because one of the things I tried and not really succeeded in doing on YouTube is I tried doing sort of video blogging, you know, where you like you record something every day, right, and, and it's just sort of like you talk about whatever you're doing in terms of like RPGs and whatever, and I, I did a few of those, but. When it comes to actually setting up a video and editing it and doing all that, it takes almost as long, if not longer, to actually do all the editing as it does to record it. So I was oh, like, because yeah. people would be like, oh, well, you've only got to record like a, a 10 minute video each day. And I'm like, yeah, but even if it's only 10 minutes long, I've got to like do, you add in re recordings, let's call it half an hour for argument's sake. Then I've yeah, got and like that's probably conservative. It's probably close to an hour, isn't it? And then you've like you've got like another half hour to hour like editing it. Then you've yeah. got like an upload time as well, which ties up like your bandwidth and stuff like that. So you're pretty much talking like a day gone, just just to, just for like a quick like five minute video. And I was just like, there is literally no way I, I can do that on a daily basis. So when Anchor popped up and it was like, oh, you can like record a quick episode on your phone like using the app. Or I can just be sort of sat in the room. I can switch the mic on. I haven't really got to worry about loads of editing. I can just talk for a few minutes, record it, upload it, boom. I was like, oh, that's a that's a great way. I can do more sort of video blog stuff. I mean, obviously it's not it's not video blog because it's it's a podcast, but I can do more stuff like that yeah. and sort of get it out there. I mean, yeah, it's a bit raw. It's not quite as polished, 
but at least I can put the stuff out there. I mean, I still don't manage to get like a, a podcast out every day because, as you know, like necessities have to be done first. But exactly. Yeah. It, it certainly makes it a lot easier because as I've gone along and I've been running more games and like my work life's changed and my personal life's changed, I've had less time to like sit down and go, right, do you know what? I'm going to spend. I mean, reviews are a good example because I, I do a few YouTube reviews for like RPGs. But yep. it's like if if I sit down and I go right, I'm going to do a review. I sit down, even if I've read the book before, I'll sit down with the book, read through it page by page, make some like notes on like a notepad window as I'm going through it, write up all the notes, then record all that, then edit it. And again, you're talking easily like a, a day, two days, yeah, just doing that. So I was like, right, I've got, had less and less time to do that as time's gone on. So like my YouTube sort of output has fallen off a little bit. But I've still been able to sort of keep putting out the odd blog post to the the odd sort of anchor podcast episode. So yeah. so that's that's what anchor really was to me. It was like a it was like a nice sort of like lifeline that enabled me to allow to put stuff out, even though my time had become more restricted. And also, I was drawn in by the sort of like the voice message feature because yeah. I, I like the fact I can listen to like, like one of your own episodes. I can listen to it. I can press a button. I can be like, oh yeah, j- just wanted to like. Let you know I enjoy the latest episode. Da, 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 da. Leave you a bit of feedback. Boom! It, it's all there. It doesn't take me long to do it. It's all on my phone, which I've always got with me. So, yeah. and also you can get other people coming back to you. You've got that immediate sort of feedback. Yeah, I think that 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 part of the anchor thing, I think, is genius. Um, for me, you know, I appreciate it's it's not for everybody, but I, I would listen to pos- podcasts and things, and you'd hear people talking. And, uh, you know, they would quite often say, oh, get in touch if you want to speak to us, do this, and then reel off these uh, email addresses and a whole load of stuff that I know full well I'm going to forget and then I'm going to have to look up. And and, yeah. and then I've forgotten what I was going to say anyway by the time I'm next to a computer and one thing and another. And sometimes I was, you know, I'd be really keen to give them some feedback and think, yeah, yeah, I like that. That was a good episode. I'll go and tell them. And then with the best will in the world, it would fall by the wayside. And I'd, all, I'd almost feel a bit guilty about it. And sometimes if I tried really hard, I'd write a note or something, and then I'd go and do an email and um, maybe never hear anything more about it. And then you sort of thought, well, did they really want that feedback or were they just saying it? And But with Anchor... Like you say, the, the immediacy of it, you can say it straight away. It might not always be a good thing, but you, you can phone <laughs> you can phone in straight away. And and with it being a little bit sort of smaller than that, you normally get a response and hear what people think about it. And it, you know, and it maybe starts off a whole chain reaction. And you feel like for the, probably the first time ever for me, I feel like I'm actually part of something that's pretty constructive but when we started there wasn't any of these collaborations you know i can see uh guys like us getting into games with each other yeah yeah uh, and um i might without anchor and the anchorites and um discord and stuff like that no i probably never would have uh, i might have bumped in and got to know people over years going to cons yeah and and I might, you know, I might have been, in, I might have kind of got wind of the online thing and thought, actually, you know, I'm really going to have to try this out. And then perhaps I would have met more people. Yeah, the immediacy and that that calling thing. 
Well, that's it. I mean, I think it comes back to what I was saying earlier. It's about these, like, the barriers to, like, entry into aspects of the hobby. It's exactly the same when it comes to, like, YouTube, Anchor, stuff like that. The more barriers you can take away for people getting involved, because, let's face it, with the best will in the world, as you say, everyone's busy, everyone's got work, their personal life, their significant others, their day job, whatever. Everyone's got stuff going on, and... If, if you can like find the free time to like play in a few games you do that it's more diff if you have a choice of like oh, i've got like a few hours free do i want to make like a podcast episode talking about like rpgs or do i want to play an rpg most of us will be like well i'll take the play in an rpg all day every yeah. day yeah, but of course. making it so like if you've got like 15 minutes to spare you've got half an hour to spare and you're like, oh yeah, the, that game I, I played like last weekend, that was really good. Or like, this has happened in like a game I was playing or whatever. You can just get on your phone, get on your computer, whatever. Quick record, upload. Within like 15 minutes, there's your episode. And other yeah. people can find out what's going on. And the more you know people, the more you do feel like it's a, a community of people. And the more likely you are to... You go, oh, this person's like responded to... To, to my podcast are you're more likely to respond back and reciprocate uh, that's something I, i've been trying to do you know try and just give you know every time somebody starts up on uh anchor i definitely uh, make it my business to drop them a message and i know jason does it and others and you know or they'll put a message on discord or whatever just to offer some words of encouragement yeah, I guess just trying to just trying to build up a little bit of community spirit so that people uh, feel like there is uh, somebody listening and they're, they're not awesome. just wasting their time talking into space. Big podcasters out there that say that they do feel sometimes, even with all them viewing figures and uh, listens, that sometimes they wonder really if it's having any effect well i mean if you think about it so in terms of just like the, the brass tacks of it recording a podcast episode a youtube episode whatever it's a fairly solitary experience because it, it's normally it's you sat in your room your computer with your microphone with your with your camera whatever you sit there you talk at the camera and the mic for yeah. however long it is you upload it so it's yeah. quite a sort of solitary thing so it can feel like let's say you're just like shouting into the void yeah like quite a lot of the time so so putting an episode up and then even if it's just someone saying oh i like the episode i've played like i've recently played some like dnd2 or whatever just having someone come back with that it's very encouraging i mean as i was saying i don't think if it were if it weren't for the people who'd encourage me when i first started doing youtube like tim harper especially yeah. i don't know that i'd have stuck with it as i did but having that sort of initial encouragement to go, do you know what? Yeah, m maybe, maybe this is worthwhile. Maybe it's worth doing this a bit more. It just encourages people to like carry on putting stuff out there. And a lot of people who produce stuff now, whether it's like amateur stuff, whether it's stuff on blogs, whether whether it's people who've gone on to be like involved in the industry in a more professional capacity, mm -hmm. a lot of people started out sort of doing like blogs and podcasts and stuff like that. So it is a great way to get yourself more involved with the RPG scene and people get to know you by what you're putting out there. Yeah, I think it also forces you to raise your game a little bit. If you're the mm. sort of person that wants to try and do something, I used to be a bit of a perfectionist and I've, I've tried to train myself out of it. And with Anchor, I've found um, 
you could really use it like a sketchbook kind of thing, get your ideas down and get something out. I would make excuses for why that wouldn't be good enough. If I did a podcast and, and, and sort of was going for this real polished product, and I think I'd still be doing it, and I don't think I ever would have released an episode. I mean, one of the things I like about it, uh, as opposed to like YouTube, is as I've when I started off doing YouTube, sort of putting out the first few videos, you've got lots to say. You've not really covered any sort of subjects, as it were. There's loads of things you can potentially do like a video on, but then like say like three, four, five years, whatever down the line, when you're like, oh, what should I do for a YouTube video? And you look back at like, I know certainly I do. I look back at my back catalogue, and I'm like. I've already covered that. I've already said what I wanted to say about that. Whereas, because with like the anchor stuff, like you say, it's not as polished. I mean, you literally, some of my episodes are just me going like, oh, what's something I've been thinking about in RPGs recently? Oh, there's like three, four minutes of me just like blithering on about like, uh, oh, why I don't like encumbrance in like BX or whatever. Mm. That's fine. Whereas if I'm sort of sitting down and going, right, well, it's going to take me the best part of a day to do this YouTube video. I'm like, right, I want to make it as polished as I can and like you say it's very easy to sort of discourage yourself yeah. by going like oh I'm not, I'm not going to get it as good as I want so should I bother doing it in the first place as you create more do you get more ideas do, does does the act of creating propagate more you think I, I think to a certain extent it does I mean I certainly know that quite a lot of the sort of anchor episodes I've done have been based either on episodes other people have done where I've gone, oh yeah, that's cool, I've got something to say about that. Or it's stuff that's happened in games I'm playing in, or games I'm running, or like books I've been reading. And it's just like odd thoughts pop up when you're like reading or you're playing in a game. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll say something about that. So I do think the more you're involved in gaming, the more you're sort of creating stuff, it naturally tends to sort of spin off more thoughts. So mm -hmm. you might like do like a blog post and you're like talking about like, I don't know, treasure placement or something in like D D, and then you're like all oh, right okay um uh, you might go all oh, right I could, I could do like another blog post based on like the sort of varieties of like coin that are used in D D, and like how you can use like individual like denominations of coinage like give it a bit of flavor to your campaign or you might yeah. just be like oh yeah well, what about that adventure when like some player like spent about like five sessions trying to work out what this magical gauntlet was and it was just like a normal glove or whatever and you yeah, can yeah. talk about that yeah so, so i think it's i think anything like that that sort of gets you thinking tends to lead to more stuff because like yourself I'm, I'm a tariff at going off topic so i'm thinking about one thing and quite often like some part of my brain will go oh yeah but what about this and, yeah. and now, thank, thanks to sort of anchor and stuff like that, I can go right. We'll just put a pause on that for a few moments, brain. And then, like when I finish this, I'll just hit the record and I'll record like another five ten minutes of me talking about that sort of random idea. Yeah, I mean, I've just uh, earlier on was talking to Ray Otis from. Have you do you listen to Plundergrounds? His podcast. It, it's not one I know. To be honest, would you recommend it? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, because um, Ray is a big uh, Dungeon World. Oh like, nice. I, I think you. Yeah, you would love it. Yeah. Is, is that an is that anchor podcast? Is it? Yeah, it's an anchor podcast. It's called uh, Plundergrounds uh, because Ray also puts out a Dungeon World zine, which is really good. I think he's got seven or eight issues of that out. Um, but his, uh, we were talking. I won't say too much because there'll be an episode and you can listen to it. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, 
we talk about art school and everything and he's talking about that the whole idea of a creative circle because when i came out of art school my inspiration kind of just like took a nosedive because in the college environment you was constantly bouncing ideas off of each other and um this this whole business with anchor is the first time in well i had a few kind of creative jobs where you got it a little bit to be fair but it was work yeah and, and, and college was i was making stuff and, and doing artwork that i was really into and it wasn't work and like now doing anchor doing spike pit i'm, I'm just talking about the things i want to talk about and then people are pitching in and going oh that was really cool and and then it just keeps me it keeps firing my imagination yeah. uh, and it's that creative circle and would I be right in saying you come from a bit of an arts background, did I? Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of had a, a similar but paradoxically sort of like opposite experience because I did, I did like art and graphic design at A level, and then I did um, a degree in illustration at university. Okay. And um, part part of the issue I had, and why I, I still I'm still not into art in the same way, is um, when I was doing A level, I, I was sort of like all the stuff I was doing before then was quite sort of abstract. Yeah, and um, when I was doing A level, they were like, "I oh, know you need to like everything needs to be like representational. If if you draw in like a tree, it needs to look like a tree. It needs to be this, ah. that, and the other." And it was very sort of, very sort of tight Big, and like focused. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And obviously, like A levels is like a couple of years. So by the time we got to the end of the two years, I just about sort of like mastered that. And I was like, "All right, great, I've got it. Representational stuff, great." Then I went to like university. And suddenly they were like, oh, no, no, everything you draw in is like too representational, you know, to be a bit more free-flowing. So by like, by like the end of the first year, I was about ready to like flip the table over. Yeah, and yeah. Like, up. yeah. So I, um, to the point where like on my, at the end of the first year, I was like ready to like just ditch the course and just like leave university. Right. And um, a couple of the people who were like my friends on the course were like, oh, you know, stick, stick with it. After the foundation year, you'll be able to do more of what you want. And I did stick with it, did the whole course, got the degree and everything, but yeah. I never really like recaptured the love of it. And I, obviously, with, like my epilepsy, and I've had like my hands are a bit shaky now, so it's not quite as easy for me. But um, I've never really recaptured that love of it. But I do still enjoy having a creative outlet, which is what RPGs became for me. And like you said, like things like YouTube and like Anchor, that became like an alternate creative outlet for me since I wasn't really loving like the drawing as much this starting the podcast really saved the day for me because i'd get quite you know i'd get quite sort of frustrated with not being able to do something that yeah. uh, that i felt was decent you know I'd, I'd mess about with things and i got back into doing some maps and that for rpgs uh, which i quite like doing but I, I don't get the same i can't get the same output with them because it's more time consuming yeah. and just with the anchor, I find the ideas can come quite thick and fast. And like, for example, I sat down. I think um, I was on Discord, and um, I think it was Logan Howard, Ray Otis, and Frank Turfler had been talking about gaming with kids. And I thought, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I'm supposed to be running a session with uh, with Sunny later. He'd be wanting me to do that. And I just picked up a um, a little Sony digital recorder thing, which I thought I'm going to take to Dragon Meet, and then I'm gonna, if I can find some folk to talk to, I'll try and get some little interviews and ask a few questions and 
just see how that works out, yeah. you know. Put me a little press card in the side of my hat or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just go chatting with people like some crazy man. Because I've got no problem walking up to people and just sort of, you know, politely asking them if they've got a few minutes. And um, I thought, well, I'll try and record this uh, this session. Also thinking that recording the sessions would be a good way to up my GMing chops. Mm-hmm. What happened was it turned out he wanted a run and he wanted to run his like Hogwarts Harry Potter thing. Uh, and he said, you know, he calls it 5e, <laughs> which is uh, a little bit of a joke. But uh, <laughs> it, I go along with it, and we, we, we use the character gen and stuff. We recorded that, and I, I started listen, listening back to it, and I thought, you know what? It's a bit long, but it's mildly entertaining. I think I'm just going to see about going and do a bit of this audacity bizzo. Yeah. And uh, get this little recorder. It's got a USB thing. I plug it in. How hard can it be? And it all works along quite nicely. I did a bit of editing and um, reminded myself how long editing does does take. But I didn't do a lot. There was just a couple of bits. And then started getting some some quite positive feedback virtually almost instantly, which is the other thing you get, don't you? You get almost instant feedback. Then all the ideas started coming for a follow-up episode where how I could have talked about things I discovered from doing the recording and everything else. Just from that little spark of an idea on Discord with guys talking about it, I ended up with two fairly fairly substantial episodes that were linked together, got some good feedback. and uh... Well, that's it. I mean, to use like art as analogies, we were just talking about art. One of the things I was always told when I was sort of like studying art was the if you sat there, one of the most difficult things is if you sat there with like a blank piece of paper and someone just says, right, draw me something. Because yeah. there's so much stuff you could do that it almost like paralyzes you with like the amount of stuff you could do and you just end up going, uh, um, uh, and you don't get anything done. So my, um, my admittedly slightly eccentric sort of A-level art teacher was like... <laughs> If you, if you get like a blank page and you don't know what to do, it's like first things first, just get like a colour, whatever colour you want, and just like colour in slap, the, the page. Yeah. And it's like, because once you've made that first mark on the paper, you'll then start thinking about what else you can do, and it's no longer such a massive obstacle to get over. You've made, you've covered the first hurdle, you're now into it, you can just carry on and draw whatever you like. And I think, like you say, with Anchor, it's a similar thing, because it, it helps get you over that first hurdle, and once you're over it, you're like, oh, this is quite easy. It wasn't as hard as I thought. And now I've got a few other ideas, like you say, and it sort of keeps sort of spiralling out from there. Yeah, so like you've started a chain reaction. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, it's so funny you say that. Um, Ray Otis said exactly the same thing. He said about that blank page, oh, draw us something. And we were talking about design constraints mm-hmm. and how... You just have a few parameters that you have to work within and it kind of like it challenges your brain and immediately that there's that question or that problem, your brain, the creative brain is trying to solve to solve it. Well, that's it. I mean, if you've, if you've got your blank page there and someone just says, draw anything, it's, it's a lot more difficult than if someone says like, oh, draw, draw me a car, draw me a person, draw me a tree. Because they might say nothing else, but at least then you've got a little bit of a framework to get you over that initial first step and once you're over that it becomes a lot easier to take the second step and the third step and the fourth step 
and before yeah. you know it you're on your way and you you're nearly to completion yeah and people think well oh well that's restricting your freedom with that brief or whatever but you can draw that car or that cat or whatever you draw it exactly however you like you know it, it may not even look anything anything like a car and, and why does it have to but in your mind it's a car and you're taking a car idea and 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 putting your interpretation of it onto the paper and just someone says that word and then your brain's off in it and there you go i'd like to thank john large from red dice diaries for taking time out of his day to record this with me i hope you've enjoyed it and thanks for listening take care catch you later